0: we're coming to the end, not just of this series about living out of the depths, but we're coming to the end of perhaps a journey that we've been on through at least two thirds of this last year, thinking about the way that what goes on deep within us affects the way that we live, or we need to work hard to stop what's going on deep within us from affecting the way that we live. Either way, it's not great news. Um, And as we've seen in the life of Moses, that moment when he really did get in touch with what was going on in his heart when his heart and his actions aligned, something quite awful happened, and he literally became a murderer. Uh, and he might have thought, and we might think, where did that come from? It's as if that came out of nowhere. But of course, as we traced the journey that Moses had been gone, we were able to see that perhaps some of the uh, uh, emotions feelings, situations, and circumstances that Moses had gone through, uh, abandoned by his parents who thought that he was probably going to be uh, killed, then going back to live with his uh, biological mother, but then having to leave his mother and go and live as if he was the son of uh, Pharaoh's daughter, which of course he wasn't, feeling out of place through the whole of his childhood, living up in the wrong place with the wrong customs away from his people. It had created internally something that was one day, unless it was dealt with, was going to self-combust. And it did self-combust one day when he saw something that ignited it was like the the match that ignited the fuel and suddenly, whoosh, he acted out of all that was within him. And then he went on this journey that God took him on into solitude, not just for a moment but for many years. And we've been exploring the spiritual law of gravity that when we give ourselves time and space, the things that are within us have a natural tendency to settle. It's the way God made it to be. And when things settle, then we can begin to see what's in our hearts and uh, allow God to deal with what's in our Hearts. And that's been the journey that we've been tracking and tracing uh, through these early chapters of Moses. And it was a continual process of having to be honest about was, what was going on internally, what was going on on the inside. Because when God gave him his dream job, the job he would have longed to do, uh, to be part of the rescuing, the liberation of his own people from slavery in Egypt, well, whilst, whilst it was everything that humanly he would have wanted, he was aware that it was still so much internally that needed resolving. I'm not sure I'm good enough. I'm not sure I can speak well enough. Uh, God, please send someone else. I'm not sure I've got what it takes. And so he was wrestling with what was on the inside in order to become eventually the leader, the person, the man, the woman of God that God calls all of us to be. So there's this process going on in the life of Moses that we've been tracking and uh, following. Unfortunately for all of us, Simply talking about it doesn't change anything. That's the bad news. And so what we're going to do this morning is collectively we're going to journey through a tool that we introduced earlier on in the year called Be Transformed, which is just a a little simple step process. It's simple, but it's hard. Simple to understand hard-to-do process that just helps us allow God to meet with us at a slightly deeper level. For some of you, you do this every day. It's uh, it's the, your, your comings and goings, and it's uh, uh, another moment to meet with God. For others us, it'll be something new, and we're kind of stretching a muscle, and when it's new and we're doing something for the first time, it's hard, it's difficult, and uh, we uh, just acknowledge that as we begin when we do something. When it's hard and difficult, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean I'm wrong. It doesn't mean it's not working. It's just that everything you do for the first time is hard. And everything you do for the first time generates fear. And everything you do for the first time feels like you don't fit with it. But that doesn't mean that it's not uh, something that you go on to do. You all felt like that when you first rode a bike and you have got the scars to prove it because it was hard and difficult. It didn't mean that you couldn't do it. It just meant that you were starting and you needed to learn to do it. You with me? Yeah, same with swimming, same with paragliding, same with being a neurosurgeon, yeah? When you started doing that, you were getting in there and fiddling about, you didn't know what you were doing, but in the end, you developed some skills once you'd had a good go, yeah? So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, at first, it's a bit scary getting inside someone and having a go, but after a while, it becomes easy peasy and you do it every day, yep? Yeah? So when we start something new, it's difficult and it's hard, and it might feel like that this morning, that doesn't need to put us off, we just go, this is normal, Turn to someone and say, when I'm doing something for the first time and it's hard, that's just normal. Okay, if you're, if you're not familiar with this tool, I'd, I'd love you, um, I'm going to put the tool on the screen so you don't actually need to follow it on your phone or your tablet or your smartphone, but I want you to know that it's there, that it works. So I'd love you just to scan the QR code and just to have it and just humor me uh, with that so that I know that tomorrow, when you think that's a really good idea, I can get on and do that. You know that it's there and you know that you can use it. So that's uh, that, that's what we're going to follow. It's all there. If the QR code doesn't work, it's uh, the Burlington website address, bullington.church and then forward slash betransfer That will get you there as well on your computer at home or on your tablet or your smartphone or your watch or whatever you choose to uh, Look at things and do things on so it's it's all there and that's what we're gonna That's what we're gonna follow now. We're all a bit different Some of us like worksheets Like katie She's the only one in the room that responds. Oh and sarah. Yeah, okay. There's all the teachers yeah, Jacob. So, 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 so for those of you who like a little bit of a plan and like something to do, there are some worksheets. Now, we've got a lot printed over there, so if that's you, go up and get one now. Come on, get up. Loads of you will want one, I promise you. Go up and get one. This is, this is we're all joining in, yeah? This is not, And uh, that QR code will take you to the worksheet if you want to do it on your uh, laptop or your smartphone or your whatever else you want to do it on. You can find that there as well. It's not that we're burning down another forest, because as Katie reminds me, we've already got the paper. (laughs) Be honest now, who wishes they really hadn't come this morning? Okay, uh, if you're not familiar with the way this looks, it it looks like, it looks like this. And there are three, there are three steps to get us underway, but you might not do them in the right order. Okay, so you are allowed to do it in, uh, the opposite order to the way that it's written. So there are, there are three steps. The first step is that we need to recognize behavior that isn't consistent with what with what or who we want to be. I want to be a loving father. When I shout at the kids, that's inconsistent with what I want to be. That's a behavior that needs to change. What we don't want to be about is just managing our behavior because that takes a lot of effort and in the end it fails. You ever tried doing that? I must try harder. Ever tried to really love someone that's getting right up your nose? I must try harder. Eventually, you'll, you'll fail and it will fail. Because not only do we need to recognize the behavior, uh, and the f- we then need to recognize the feelings that are behind it in my divided heart. So remember Moses. Moses obviously got a rude awakening when he recognized that his behavior was inconsistent with who he should be. You know, when you're burying a body, you've got to reflect that perhaps that wasn't the best thing to do. It wasn't exactly the destiny that God had called you to. Uh, it might be good for a moment as you dig in the hole, but eventually you've got to reflect that wasn't exactly what I should have really been doing. So, so he had to unearth the feelings that were uh, behind that. The sense of anger, the abandonment that he felt, all the stuff that we've been uh, talking about. And then secondly, we need to review where we see patterns of this behavior in our lives. If you got angry one day, it's quite possible that you've got angry before. Are you with me? If you've not been completely honest today, there's a real likelihood that you've not been completely honest on other days. There are patterns in our lives that express the feelings that we carry. I feel that if I'm honest, people will reject me, people won't like me, and so I choose to behave in a way that will cover that up. And then thirdly, we need to get to the bottom. Remember all that we've been saying over uh, this last year. Behavior doesn't just come from nowhere. It comes from what you... Feel. Feelings in the end are held tight in our lives because of lies that we believe. Okay? So you've got behavior, feelings, and lies. To really shift the feelings, which in the end will change the behavior, we have to deal with the lies. We have to change the way we're thinking about something. Which is why when Jesus said, repent, he said, enter into a new Paradigm change the way that you view the whole thing. That's what repentance means. We we think of it in terms of changing our behaviour, but it wasn't that at all. It was about changing the whole way of understanding what is going on. So I don't mind a kind of uh, a, a what a, which you do one, two, or three. Whether you're focused on a behaviour or a feeling, but we've got to get to the behaviour, the feeling and the lie, and we've got to see where that's been at work in our lives, because it's like a little root that will have little bad fruit showing itself from time to time. You with me? Am I making any sense? Yep. Okay, so let's just spend a few moments. We're going to spend three minutes, that's all, three minutes, just quietly before God, and just listen in, Listen into your heart. Listen in. If your heart had something to say today, what would it say? If the Holy Spirit was getting your attention today, what would He be getting your attention about? Dear God, help me to see where my behavior and feelings are not in line with my true heart. Now just somehow record that. Record it in the box if that... Feels good to you if the box makes you feel like you've entered a prison, draw a picture or do something different, but somehow take hold of it by naming it. What what is God getting your attention about? Okay, press the pause button for a moment. We don't have to stay all still and somber and like something bad's happening. So there'll be two things that will have happened, I think. The first thing is you will have thought that those three minutes went on for about three and a half hours because it actually feels like a long time when you're asked to do nothing. Second thing is uh, your mind will have gone at 100 miles an hour uh, and, and it'll just be a whirl of things going on in your heart and your mind. Who, who understands what I'm talking about? It just, everything just keeps going. Okay? Which is why the practice of solitude is a practice that we just need to extend and stretch out. It was a a long time before things settled for Moses. It's just an illustration that actually to allow something to settle that's been shaken up for years in our lives sometimes takes a long time. So there's nothing unusual about either of those experiences, but it felt like an age. It felt like my mind's in a utter whirl. But I want you just to the discipline for the next 30 seconds as if you had to say something. As if there was this big pressure to say something, take hold of something, that you think God might have got your attention about. Just go for it. 30 seconds. Write it down. Go for it now. We're trusting that God's with us, and we're trusting that he's leading us, and sometimes the things that are the most left field, the most random, uh, the things that have... Come up in these last few minutes that took you by surprise. Those are all the ways that God's getting our attention. Okay, then very quickly, just think about ways in which that experience has happened before in your life. Whatever it is, I'm I'm afraid. I can see that this fear keeps repeating itself. I can see that this frustration keeps repeating itself. I can see that this way of behavior, I end up doing things I don't want to do and it keeps repeating itself. Just be aware of of what that is. Of other times, those same feelings have produced similar fruit. Father, help me see where this behavior and these feelings have been present in my life. I encourage you to think about the very first time, the oldest memory that you've got of it. Just hang in there for a couple of minutes for those of you that internally are about to self-combust right now in the kind of introvert quiet space. Uh, f- just think now, box three we're on. Step three. What's the, what's the lie that's behind those feelings? So think about how this might work for a moment. If, if I'm afraid, if I'm afraid, I'm, I'm believing the lie that God's not going to be with me. If I... Feel I'm going to fail so I don't start something. I, I believe the lie that I'm not enough. That I'm not all that I could be and God wants me to be. If I, if I feel, uh, guilt and shame about a repeated pattern of behavior, I'm believing the lie that I'm not truly forgiven. That Jesus doesn't really cleanse me and offer me a new start. Can you see? So think about what would just go just a little, little bit deeper. What's the, what's the lie? What's the lie that sit, it's the lie that divides our hearts, remember? The Father of lies is the enemy and uh Jesus yeah, uh, called Father God the Father of all light. What's the what's the, the lie behind the feelings and behaviour? Father, help me identify the lie that is at the root of this behaviour and feelings. Okay. Um, I want you to. I want you just to move a little bit, like move. Like we're not sitting there. Like something's happening to us that's kind of all out of our control. I want you to make a noise. <laughs> Why is making a noise so difficult? <laughs> you all good? What I'd, what I'd love you to do, right? What I'd love you, this is, this is hard and there's no pressure whatsoever. But we really, really learn from one another when we share our stories with each other. If we, we might choose not to say something this morning and that's absolutely fine because there's all kinds of things that goes on within us that we need to share with someone, but we don't need to share it with everyone. And you might be sitting with the everyones. It might just, not, might not be the, but might not be the thing. But there are things, I suspect, that we can share at a certain level with others around our table that will be a help and an encouragement. What the Bible says is that when we share something that God's doing, it builds faith in us as we share it. Philemon 6, you say, is that chapter 6 or verse 6? Well, Philemon has how many chapters? One, so it's just Philemon 6, talks about as you share, it builds faith. So if you share something, it will build your faith. That's a promise in the scriptures. And and faith, the Bible says, comes from what? In Romans, comes from hearing. So it's a win-win if you share something with someone else this morning. You win and they win. No pressure. Sometimes it's totally not appropriate. But we all have stuff. We all have stuff. We have all believed lies. We all have feelings that aren't true. We all behave in ways that we shouldn't. True? Oh, it's getting tough, isn't it? The more we can extrovert the reality, what did Adam and Eve do when they realized they'd screwed it up? They hid. Did that help them? No. And we've been hiding ever since. We hide before God, and we hide before one another. And that's what holds us stuck so often. So for two minutes, just have a conversation around your table. If you can have it about something that's going on in the room right now, that's brilliant. If that's not appropriate, talk about anything you like. Off you go. Get in there, Jack. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. We're right in the middle of the page if you're in using that worksheet. Notice those of you, if you were following the tool online, that little need help, if you click that button needing help, it'll give you a list of around 50 lies that we tend to believe. Not necessarily all of them at the same time, but 50 lies that human beings have the propensity to uh, believe and you might find that helpful. Okay, we come to the very heart of things, alright? This is this is where the good stuff happens. What what word comes to mind when you hear someone talk about repentance? No, honestly. They've done something wrong, it's kind of guilt and shame inducing, isn't it? Yeah. Anything else about the word repent? Does it sound fun? No, it doesn't sound fun. It sounds hard. It kind of looks like, yeah, do that, Jack. But look at Jack, Jack's repentance. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. <It's> a... <laughs> all, all, all of that, all those emotions and feelings around the word repentance, all of them are wrong. They're a, they're a human religious construct, and we have to smash it. I mean, I wouldn't have used the word repent if it hadn't been another R in my nice seven steps that all begin with R. I would have used another word, because like it's just a bad word. But it's in the Bible, so we need to. We we can. We don't want to ignore it. We want to reclaim it. Repentance is the freedom to think in a totally new way. Repentance is the freedom to say, "I don't need to think like this anymore." I don't need to feel abandoned. I don't need to feel guilty. I don't need to feel shame-filled. I don't need to feel like I'm not enough. I don't need to feel like I'm a failure. I don't need to feel like dot, 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 whatever it is you're feeling. It's a step into something glorious and joyful. It's incredible that we've made it so miserable and such hard work. But that's what we've done, and we've got to repent from making repentance like that. Do you see what I did there? Hello, anybody? Great. Just for a moment, I thought I was on my own. We we have to reclaim that this way of life of turning of turning the way that we think around is a gift of joy and lightness and skippity hop. It's like the Disney bows and skipping through the fields. It's not this heavy striving Hard. I can't do it. I feel like a miserable worm. Bible doesn't have any of that stuff, but we've created it in our human construct, especially around, uh, this particular word and the way we've approached it in the past. So, so can we do it better than that, everybody? Can we kind of change the way we feel about it? Uh, and just go, hey, this is a gift to step into something. And uh, so let's just do that for a moment. Let's uh, think about what you've been writing down. Think about what you've been drawing, thinking about, expressing in, in different ways. And and let's just do it. Father, I, I just confess. Uh, and confessing is releasing to you. I don't need to hold on to it anymore. I, I release to you that I've believed stuff that I don't need to believe. I release to you that I have believed stuff that actually has held me prisoner and I don't even need to hold on to it. I don't even need to believe it anymore because there is your forgiveness and your cleansing from all of that way of being. So I give it to you not to strive or to earn anything, but just to receive a wonderful gift of your forgiveness. A wonderful gift that I've believed something that isn't true. I don't need to feel bad about myself. Uh, you just ask that we confess it. We give it to you. We see it for what it is. And we receive your forgiveness. Lord, and your forgiveness is light. Your forgiveness is joy-filled. Your forgiveness comes freely and easily and abundantly. And so may we know the release that thinking differently, of handing over the feelings that drive those thoughts brings into our lives. And your word says that you are faithful and just, that if we confess our sin, if we hand it over to you, if we recognize it for what it is, you are faithful and just. You'll forgive us, but also you'll cleanse us. You'll heal us. So heal us. Heal us from those things in our hearts that have been dark. Heal us from those things in our hearts that have been based on things that aren't true. Heal us in those places in our hearts where we've been fear-filled and guilt-ridden. Where we felt we have failed, not just that we failed, but that we are a failure, that we are not enough. Forgive us, heal us, rescue us, we pray. And help me, Lord, to keep bringing these things to you with a a freshness, a lightness of spirit. to, To give you my heart, not in a religious, ritualistic, rhythmic, routine kind of way, but in a liberating way. The image that you give us is of of a really heavy rucksack. And we're walking along with this massive rucksack on our back. And you come alongside us and you say, shall I take that for you? I want you to imagine the joy and the lightness to take that rucksack, that which has been heavy on you, to take it off and hand it to Jesus as he walks alongside you. That's what repentance is. It's giving it up. It's giving it over. It's letting it go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So do something even now, Lord God, in our our hearts, we pray. We receive your forgiveness and your cleansing. In this moment, allow Jesus to cleanse that place where a lie has taken root. Maybe there are memories that come. Often memories that are attached to these feelings. And just invite Jesus into those memories. Allow him to, to come with his incredible presence. We've gone through some really dark times, some really awful moments, and the the awfulness of those can be like a shadow over us. Just invite Jesus into that space. Ask him to make you aware that he was there the whole time. And just for a moment write down how you feel box 5 any memories that come to mind any sense of what jesus is doing or saying just just jot it down you need to come back to it so just make a note Great. Um, I'd like you to stand up, please, if you're able. No, no big deal if standing's an effort. You'll see why it's no big deal in just a second. I'd, I'd like you to walk down, round your table, back to your original seat. Off you go. We're created, body, bind, and spirit, just a bit of movement, loosens things up for us, helps, helps our right brains and our left brains reconnect, creates a bit of uh, movement in what gets us stuck, and it just brings a little bit of lightness into the room. Are you with me? Something's changed just by walking around the tables. How ridiculous is that? Imagine the difference it would be if you went for a little walk with Jesus every day, the kind of change that that movement in his presence might bring uh, about okay for one minute just have a conversation on your table you can talk about something that's happening to you or just talk about the process talk about what's going on in the room this morning go Okay, what I'd love you to do now is write down, we're at step six, write down a scripture that comes to mind. If no scripture comes to mind, copy it from the person next to you, because all scripture is useful, yeah? So if you can't think of a good scripture that relates to something that's going on, copy the person next to you because all scripture is useful uh, for training and correcting in righteousness. Share a scripture together. Off you go. Father, what truth do you want to give me Instead of the lie, what's a, what can you affirm from the scriptures today? Right, I love you. Just go around your table and each one just speak out a scripture. Honestly, it doesn't matter if you all speak out the same one. Off you go, around your table. Just, just name it. Just hear, hear it on your lips. Take ownership of it. Speak it out, whatever it is. Off you go. okay and then finally uh, look this way everybody just for a minute it was just share a scripture not the whole of the scriptures Uh, and the final bit The final bit is that recommitment. So we've been on we've been on a journey, and uh, and it it might help you visualize it in different in different ways. We started off with 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 behaviour that we were God was getting our attention about, and we know that behaviour comes from feelings, uh, and we know that underneath those feelings are lies. Yeah, so we've been going down there like that, but now we're going back up the other side, which gives us new feelings. Doesn't look very good, does it? All right, and ultimately new behaviour. I mean, who doesn't want to feel different and live different? Hello? Who doesn't want to feel different and live different? That's what repentance is. It's the joy of being able to step in to feeling different and living different. So what I'd like you to do just to, for a a moment, just by yourself, articulate what would be the new feeling and what would be the new behavior? Yeah. So what would how would how would it feel different if you weren't hanging on to that? How would it feel different and what would that result in terms of your behaviour? So if I knew you quite well, what difference would I expect to see? If I knew you quite well, what difference would I expect to see? You're all very quiet now. I did say do it quietly by yourself, to be fair. Right, let's get Jack and the guys up here. Because they'll be useful in a minute. So, this journey, this journey is what the Bible calls repentance. That That, that is what actually is good. When Jesus said, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe. This is the journey of repentance, of repent and And believe. The Greek word is metanoia, from which we get a little children's character from 30 years ago. Who am I talking about? A little character, TV program. Tony Hart morph morph because he was able to change. This is the gift of being able to change. The Bible calls it metanoia, and I think that's a much more hopeful word than repentance, don't you? Let's just keep metanoiaing together. Let's keep morphing into what God has for us. Those with unveiled faces, those who are are, are willing to take off the mask will be what? Transformed, will morph into his likeness with ever-increasing glory. I'm going to ask these guys just to lead us. You can sit with what you've been uh, thinking about. You can get up and sing. Above all else, what we do know is that there's an invitation never to be the same again. Jack.